Today, we're going to bring you updates from our sister podcast, the AUA Inside Track. Two talks, one, Dr. Eugene Reed talking about telehealth. We're back here on the AUA Inside Track podcast, and I'm joined today by Dr. Eugene Ree. Dr. Ree, please just initiate this discussion by telling us why teleurology is so relevant right now and why we need to be having this conversation. Sure. Thanks a lot for um, getting this organized quickly. For the listeners, you all must know the AUA um, has been involved in telemedicine in urology since 2016. Before, it was advocating for access to care, uh, making sure that we can hit rural areas of the country, noting that 60% of the counties in the United States do not have a urologist in practice. What's happening today, um, as you all know throughout the world, is that the COVID-19 outbreak is a very serious issue in regards to how we deliver healthcare. And in line with sort of what we're doing with the AU activities, there are links as well as resources on these links that we are going to send out as a bulletin. Uh, so keep an eye on that. In fact, I think that this podcast will be affiliated with that bulletin. The design of this is to create a communication stream that's not overwhelming, but certainly for those who have just started or thinking about starting telemedicine neurology, this, the, the time is now. And I think it's, it's really relevant because just uh, on March 6th, the president signed into law the Cor- uh, Coronavirus Preparedness and Response Supplemental Appropriation Act, which is HB 6074, that includes provisions to allow telehealth be widely used in the Medicare population during this, what is declared now as a national emergency. And so we are in uh, a new normal in regards to how we deliver telemedicine in neurology. And the AUA has really um, been prepared in the sense that we have a white paper to refer to. I want to ask about some of the considerations that urologists need to think about before they move forward with implementing telemedicine and telehealth services. I want to ask you about how they might get started. Of course, this package of resources is a great place to start. But I also want to ask about insurance implications and what we should be thinking about or know about with that. So um, it's a good question. Really, rubber meets the road is what is reimbursement uh, for telemedicine? And I, I things are very fluid. I, I know we constantly talk about that, but this just got passed into law, and I take it the workflows will need to be worked out with CMS as one payer. The other one is is about even about state legislation. That also is a spreadsheet that's offered in this bulletin that we'll provide in regards to state health state uh, telehealth statutes. And in addition, for the most part, there's nothing that prohibits a person from receiving services via telehealth, uh, you know, provided that the, the laws such as licensing and privacy are met. Uh, the real question you're asking, and I think the, the listeners really want to know, is will my insurance cover a telehealth visit? And, um, you know, I, everything is is happening as we speak, including restaurants and bars closing and, and uh, gyms closing now. And so the situation will be changing with each new piece of information. So I think the AUA will monitor and provide that information, but you need to check with each of the payers uh, on, a, on a private level and private insurance level to make sure and confirm that the telehealth visit will be covered. You know, Dr. Ree, you mentioned that now is the time for telemedicine and telehealth. And I want to ask you a little bit more to elaborate on what you meant by that and why the urgency is so important right now. There's a popular quote 
that I'll introduce, and that is that never let a good crisis go to waste. The point is, is that telemedicine in urology in this time of crisis uh, with this viral um, spread is will serve really four purposes. And I want to be very clear to the listeners. The first one is to minimize the human spread of COVID-19 and aid in the global effect that contained this pandemic. Okay. The second reason is that we want to maintain the access of patients to urologists who invariably will find themselves under a quarantine condition. The third is, is to reduce the economic impact to urology practices, including urologists, their employees and staff who number in the hundreds of thousands across the country. And the employees of business dependent on the delivery of these urologic services. And finally, the fourth is that many staff members um, in their clinics will not be able to continue the work in an in-person setting due to the childcare, as an example, that we're seeing in just a few days ago with people uh, attending school at home. And so telemedicine can allow some of these staff to work from home and provide scheduling, triage, and even prepping patients for virtual visits. I mean, in general, uh, Casey, we, we, we expect the slope of the adoption to be steeper now with this unprecedented um, situation. Uh, it's not to be panicked. It's, it's to really just look at the opportunity that we've laid out for ourselves in this specialty. If, you're, if the listener is starting to do this or dabbling in it, so to speak, this is how you operate. This is the time to operationalize. The, the fight we've had is to advocate for licensure and reimbursement. I can predict with fair certainty that this is going to change pretty dramatically over the next several weeks. So I'll end with um, thanking you um, for our time, but I am not the only one. There's there's a whole village of, of urologists who we will ask to be involved in podcasts so that you may listen to these um, in regards to much more particular detail as we get a, a more comprehensive update moving forward. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Eugene Ree, the incoming Public Policy Council Chair for the AUA. And the second one, Dr. Christopher Gonzalez, discussing elective surgeries in the OR. Today we are joined by AUA Public Policy Chair, Dr. Chris Gonzalez. We are going to discuss some of the latest announcements for surgeons related to the coronavirus outbreak. Earlier this week, U.S. Surgeon General Jerome Adams suggested that Americans delay elective surgeries in the short term as the world grapples with COVID-19. The American College of Surgeons also made that recommendation. On March 18th, President Trump urged hospitals to postpone or cancel elective surgeries for patients. Dr. Gonzalez, with that in mind, can you please tell us what surgeons, specifically urologists, are seeing in the area of elective surgeries in light of the coronavirus concerns? So we're seeing an incredibly rapidly evolving uh, pattern here, and, and this is also unprecedented, and we don't really have a roadmap for this. So I think a lot of learning is being done on the job here. But really, what I'm telling you today is different than what I would have said three days ago. It's probably going to be different than what I'm going to be saying three days from now. So I think that the biggest thing right now is flexibility. And I also think the thing that the way to think about it is to think about what is urgent and emergent. And those are the words that are going around right now. Not so much what do I need to postpone, but what should we be doing? And there's a lot of reasons why that I can get into about that. So, I mean, I think when you're thinking about what should be postponed, what should be done, obviously, I think we know the things like testis torsion, priapism, infected prosthetics. Uh, debridements and washouts, those need to be continued and we need to have access to do those things. But in general, we want to think about what are our local conditions? So what's the blood supply like at our hospital? That's that's a rate limiting step for a lot of places. 
What are the resources? You know, where are the personnel going or where are they needed? Uh, what's the physical protection for surgeons and for uh, staff? What's the ventilator situation? So if we're going to be doing complex cases, what are the chances that we're going to take up an ICU bed? And what's the ventilator capacity in your hospital or your healthcare system? I think it's very important to know those things. And if you're at a level one trauma center like we are here at Loyola, you know, what does that mean for our trauma patients? And are we making room for those traumas that are going to be coming in? So these are all the factors I think that need to be taken into account from your local conditions. From the patient perspective, is your patient high risk? So do they have diabetes, hypertension, or immunocompromised? And, and really, I think those are the folks that if they are having what we would consider elective or non-essential procedures, I'll get into a little bit of what that means, then they really should be asked to wait. I mean, I think that it's, it's not just a risk to them, but also a risk to the system and overburdening the system that's about soon to be overburdened. We also want to think about the disease process. So this is going to be surgeon discretion. So we've heard from the White House. We've heard from our local uh, officials. We've also heard from our state officials. But really, at the end of the day, they're saying elective surgery, but per surgeon discretion. So this is where it really need to come in is can the surgery wait? Can it wait two months? Can it wait three months? Can it wait two weeks? Will it compromise the desired outcome that we want? Do you lose any window of opportunity for cure disease or disease control? These are the questions we need to think about. And cancer cases, especially high-risk ones, we just had a situation of what are we going to do about a tumor thrombus and a large renal mass? Those are tough decisions that we will let the surgeons involved and our specialists in those areas uh, think about what the next step is. We're, we're closely working with medical oncology for our high-risk bladder and kidney cancer cases. Dr. Gonzalez, why is it such an important move to postpone these procedures, given the risk of infection and, of course, freeing up supplies and resources? Well, as just mentioned, it's about capacity right now. So really what your local conditions are going to be to do elective surgery in these uncertain times right now when we're going to need the capacity elsewhere. We're already seeing a flood of patients at our hospital here at Loyola, as I'm sure everybody else is. And and really, we've got the hospital broken up into COVID sections and non-COVID sections. So the thing is, is that do you want to expose your patient to that if it's a non-essential procedure that can wait? And the other question is, is are you taking up a valuable bed or a valuable ventilator for somebody who may need that very soon? And I think, you know, as of today, I think the storm is pretty much coming upon us right now and certainly more advanced in some parts of the country. But we certainly here in the middle part of the country are starting to feel this significantly. What does this mean for urology practices who work in the ambulatory or outpatient setting? So we're going to have some a really rough road here going ahead. The question is how long until we get to the other side? And let me please emphasize that we will get to the other side. We will beat this. But the question is going to be how long is this going to take? And certainly all the things we're seeing in society right now with social distancing, we are hoping that it helps significantly. But really, we're going to have to hunker down and say that the resources are best to be spent elsewhere and that we need to be prepared and, and discuss this and keep in constant contact with our patients that now might not be the right time for some from particular procedures or some of the things that we do, they can wait. It's not going to affect an outcome. It's not going to compromise them from a cancer perspective, then these things should wait. And especially in the ambulatory outpatient settings, I think that really does ring true. Dr. Gonzalez, if you have any other final thoughts or comments that our audience should know about at this time, please feel free to let us know now. Well, I think just the message to everybody is just hang in there. We're going to get through this. Tough times ahead. There is no playbook for something like this, and I think we're learning quickly. We've got a lot of really smart people that are working on this and figuring out ways for vaccines and also potentially for cures. I think we just have to remain optimistic and do the best thing and keep in touch with our patients. Our patients have been incredibly gracious. They understand. They're willing to step aside and let the sicker patients go first. It's, It's really 
what we're seeing is we're seeing the best of people right now, and it's very encouraging for all of us. Dr. Chris Gonzalez is the AUA's public policy chair. I also want to remind listeners for easy reference on AUA resources and other resources given the COVID-19 outbreak, please visit auanet.org slash COVID-19. That's auanet.org front slash COVID-19. Thank you again, Dr. Gonzalez. Thank you.